Welcome to the Gratitude Cafe, positive radio to feed your soul. Your dynamic host and founder, Sue Lundquist, will bring you her own intuitive talents and gifts for co-creating, healing, and teaching. Her show, The Gratitude Cafe, Positive Radio to Feed Your Soul, is focused on bringing you to a higher place each week where you can leave the hustle of life at the door. So pull up a chair and join us for The Gratitude Cafe, Positive Radio to Feed Your Soul. Well, you did. You found us. Your advocate, your cheerleaders. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Benny. Howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy. I know you've got to get uh, Dr. Carla on the line, so I'm going to just chit-chat for a minute and say hello to everybody. Good morning, audience. Good morning, our international presence. How are you all doing? We have so many opportunities. You guys know I like to say that. We have so many opportunities in our world's situation right now, and let's make the best of it. Today we have an incredible guest, and we are going to be talking about anxiety. I think this is a really good time to bring that topic up. I don't know about you, but yeah, there's there's a lot of new things happening in the world. And of course, um, take what resonates with you and leave the rest, just like anything else we teach. Today, my guest is Carla McClaren. We are going to get her on the line in just a minute. We are going to be, of course, talking about her latest book, and that's all about anxiety, what that looks like. We're going to, I'm, I, you know, I really want to get into the nuts and bolts of it, find out what it really means, you know, the difference between fear, confusion, panic, anxiety, what does that all look like, and of course, my favorite topic, setting up boundaries. So we're going to bring her on in just a second. I want to chat with Benny, see how you are doing, Benny, with everything that's going on. Doing awesome. Doing awesome. Yep. Getting through yeah. it. It's been a beautiful week. We've had the last few days here in the Seattle area. Everyone's getting their sunshine, their vitamin D in. Hopefully they've been cooling down too, like the rest of the week. Oh my gosh. It Yesterday has been was... so warm. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, so beautiful. And there's nothing like the summers in the Pacific Northwest. True. I don't know about you, but true. Oh. Very true. But I will uh, say just a quick reminder to those that are out and about just be courteous of those around you. I mean, Distancing oh, is very important distancing. for us around here. I went yesterday to the Cedar River and took the boys down there, and just there was a lot of people that just not were, were respecting other areas. And I just you know want to send a little love out. Just keep that in mind. Just makes everyone have a little bit more of a, a fun time out there. Yes, and also please, if we could remind all of us animal lovers, yes, um, do not, do not leave anybody or anything. <laughs> In mm-hmm. a car, please. The heat is too oh, much. And right. also, remi- you know, and don't remind all of you, please hydrate and really watch how your body's doing. Um, I think that's really important, especially with the heat. I mean, it's been hot. It was 80. Was it 88 yesterday? It was uh, really warm. It was warm. low 90s in some areas. I know that. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So it's pretty warm, which means cars are warm, which, you know, you see all those stories. Well, it's about hotter frying. in the cars, too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That just it scares the daylights out of me. Huh, but I don't want to put fear in there. Let's put love and uh, knowledge. So please do not leave animals or children in the car. All right, guys. Gratitude Cafe. This is your host, Sue Lundquist. Uh, we're talking new perspective, new thoughts, new ideas. Of course, that will be a new version of you. Today, like I was talking about earlier, we are going to be talking about anxiety, what that looks like. I'm going to get the true definition from Carla 
Um, and we're going to talk about, you know, cause you know, I'm very pragmatic and in all that I teach in my own coaching practice, it's all about, you know, the awareness and then the education. So she's going to give us some exercises and practices on how to, uh, I want to say overcome anxiety, but I, I want to talk to her about the overcoming language around anxiety. So we're going to get to that, but regardless, you're going to get some exercises, you're going to get some tools and let's bring Carla on. So you will get to know her yourself. So Carla McLaren, M E D is an award-winning author, social science researcher. That's juicy for me. All of it is. And empathy pioneer. Her lifelong work focuses on her grand unfiled theory of emotions, which revalues even the most negative emotions and opens startling new pathways into self-awareness, effective communication, and healthy empathy. She is the founder and CEO of Emotion Dynamic LLC and the developer of the Empathy Academy, which is an on-learning site. I'd love to bring Carla on. Welcome. Hello. Good morning, Sue. Woo-hoo. Good morning. Woo-hoo. Oh, this is such a juicy topic. I am so excited. I know. Anxiety is <laughs> so awesome. Yay. Oh, my. Yay. Such an opportunity. That's my yay. language, you know. It's the mind, the mind hacks that I talk about. You know, you can say I'm in trouble or I have a problem, but how about let's just say it's an opportunity, (laughs) right? We'll get to that in a minute. So, uh, of course, I do the formal bio. Let's talk about where you started. What's your why behind all of this um, research and your books and your online courses, all all that wonderful stuff, Carla? Well, it started... Um, very, very early, and it's a sad story. Um, it started with a lot of um, childhood um, assault that I experienced and lived through. So it was a lot of trauma. And like a lot of people who are traumatized when they're little, I turned up my ability to read people very high because it was a survival oh. technique. And that was great. Good idea. Yay. But I didn't know that I had done it or how I had done it. And so I didn't know how to turn it back off. And I ended up being hyper-empathic, hypersensitive, hyper-aware of emotions, of pretty much anything, social cues, social situations, people's everything. I could read everything. And it was overwhelming uh, because I I didn't have a way to ground myself. I didn't have a way to set boundaries or make decisions about it. So for me, I got thrown into the deep end of the pool, emotionally speaking. Mm-hmm. And so my work has been how to figure all of that out, how to, um, how to identify what's happening and right, what, what's going on and what are emotions and why are they and what, you know, what's, what's the whole story here. And so that is the, the, the beginning of my understanding of emotions and empathy. I was sort of it was sort of to save my life rather than oh this is interesting i'd like to study this it was like i need to know what's happening yes don't we yeah what's the what's the saying uh don't i just was talking about it yesterday we teach what we most need to learn yep yep Yep. yeah and you're, you're speaking so much of the familiar language for me and i i love how you um 
said, you know, and, and, and I come, I come also from my, my background from trauma as well, but mm-hmm. yeah, I grew up hypersensitive, hyper aware, hyper, I could read everybody's social cues, you know, the parentals, I was everything I could just monitor and watch just to keep myself safe or calm. If that's yeah, yeah. even what I was trying to do back, you know, just safe. I think safe is the big word there. Yeah. Um, what can't, well, you know, I'm looking at your book, Levin. We could talk about exercise and practices, but where would you like to go from the beginning? I mean, I love, um, I, I know I would like to know your personal definition with, with your research about what really is anxiety. Mm-hmm. And then something mm-hmm. in your book that really was interesting to me is the difference between, I forget which chapter it is, you talk about the difference between anxiety, fear, and, oh gosh, I'm trying to look it up. What was it? Um, panic, our friend Panic. Yes, yes. Can yeah. we talk about that too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wonderful. Um, as I started doing my research for the book, I asked everybody, okay, so what's anxiety? Tell me about anxiety. And they would explain an emotion that wasn't anxiety. And I was like, this is fascinating. Almost everybody has panic and anxiety um, confused with each other. So panic is the emotion that comes forward when you are in danger and when your life's in danger. So it gives you the energy you need to fight, flee, or freeze. It's a very powerful emotion. But it's, it can be disturbing because panic comes forward during trauma, so there's all those trauma memories with it. It's very different from anxiety. Anxiety comes forward to help you organize yourself, get everything going, and arrive in the future prepared and like your your tasks are done, you've hit your deadlines, boom, you're done. And anxiety has a lot of energy because you need energy to get your stuff done and to plan for the future, but it's not panic. And so when people talk about anxiety disorder, anxiety attack, anything that involves dread or a sense of danger, that's panic. And panic is a beautiful emotion, too. It's wonderful. It's necessary. But it's not anxiety. So a lot of times people are actually talking about the wrong emotion. And they can't sort of figure their way out of what they're calling anxieties because they're not in anxiety. This isn't anxiety. Sometimes panic and anxiety will work together, and then you've got a lot of energy going on. But it's helpful to know the difference between the two so that you can... Now work with each one. With panic, the work is to check and see what's going on. Is there any task coming up that you haven't finished? Is there a deadline coming up? What do you need? Right? It's, it's focus. Um, it's focus and organization and getting yourself ready. With panic, the question is, am I in danger now? If so, am I going to fight, flee, or freeze? <laughs> right? Wow. Um, if I'm not in danger now, what is this panic um, orienting to what's what's happening that I'm feeling panic right now when I'm not in danger. So, looking at the emotions as our friends, as aspects of just basic cognition, as things that bring us gifts and skills, we can begin to articulate what's going on. But for a lot of people, there's no articulation at all. They think of anxiety and they go to panic, or you know, they they, they say the word anxiety and they're thinking of panic. Well, and 
I love this. This is so beautiful, Carla. Thank you. Because audience, did you get the difference between panic and anxiety? That was a huge aha moment for me. Mm-hmm. That panic is that fight or flight. It's that dread, that danger. So having that awareness of yourself, that what's happening in your body. So the difference between panic, it is that reflex, that fight or flight, that danger or dread. So as Carla was saying, check in with yourself. I know I, I check in and I say, okay, is this true? Is, is, am I in danger? What's happening yeah. to my body, right? Yeah. And, and then anxiety, you were saying, and I love the, the contrast, the difference, because anxiety had such this negative, heavy connotation to it. But you're saying anxiety, it, it can be an aspect of a tool to self-organize and prepare. It does have a lot of energy. Yeah. And I can get where we can totally and completely confuse and combine the two of them. And I can also see where you combine the two of them and it can work kind of, right? Yeah. But that was so powerful. That alone was so powerful. Wow. Yeah. And I think one of the interesting things about anxiety is it will look around you and be like, do you have your pencil? Do you have your mask? Do you have your hand sanitizer? Do you have your bags? You know, if you're going to the store, what, what do you need when you get there? So anxiety will help you stay on top of things. But anxiety will also look inside you and check on anything that could stop you from being um, effective and successful when you get to the future. And so if you've got any previous traumas that are still unhealed or unaddressed, anxiety will be like, what's this? What's this? Hey, look at this. Look at this. You'd be like, oh. I don't want to look at that. <laughs> and then the panic sets in because you're like, oh, my God, there's an emotion coming up because it's a past trauma. Is that am I hearing you correctly? Well, yeah. I mean, anxiety sort of goes and takes an inventory. <coughs> yes. Right? Anxiety is your is your is your organizing, you know, and getting things done emotion. But it will also make sure that, you know, if there's something inside you that is impeding you from moving forward, it will your anxiety will helpfully point that out. Oh, thank you very much. I just had <laughs> this little cartoon. <laughs> oh, totally. Okay, love you, anxiety. But hang love on. You. Let's thank let you, love you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I love that. Oh, but that's so true. That was huge for me. The the difference between um, the panic and the anxiety. And I'm gonna love them on the anxiety. I'm gonna I'm gonna just keep her at bay a bit. But I'm gonna I'm gonna really hone in on the difference between okay, am I panicking and why am I panicking? Or is this real anxiety and do I need to get my act together? Get your act together. Get my act together. <laughs> yes. Um, I am a huge proponent of boundaries, but I, I want to talk cause I, that is huge. And I'm a recovering people pleaser, of course, because of how the traumas and everything, not that it's my story, just molded me and who I am. And I love that nurturing aspect about me. However, you know what that leads into is, you know, resentments and being taken advantage of and all these fun, other opportunities and experiences, right? Yeah. So boundaries, and self-confidence and self-love and self-worth are a huge topic for me. Mm-hmm. Um, would you like to jump into that? Yeah. Um, as a little hypersensitive, hyperempathic person, I didn't have any boundaries. Because <laughs> exactly. It wasn't a good idea to have boundaries, especially, you know, part of my, um, part of my trauma involved um, uh, violence, right? 
And so a lot of people who are violent don't like boundaries around them. Right? They don't like to see boundaries. They would like to crush them. So yes. I learned to like pull that boundary away so that I was less of a target. And also yeah. I didn't understand that I had done that, so I didn't know how to put them back on. So learning to set boundaries uh, was, a, was a big process for me. And um, I learned to do it sort of imaginally by imagining a boundary around me. And in the, <clears throat> in the New Age world, the, the boundary is uh, seen as an aura. And in, but the interesting thing to me, even when I was working with the concept of auras, is that that same um, arm's length distance all the way around your body is also considered to be your personal space. Psychology, mm-hmm. and then when I kept going, it is also considered the space that your body and your nervous system uh, map at every moment that you're alive. So you're always mapping uh, everything around you to an arm's length distance because that's as far as you can reach. So if you have good um, in that mapped area, it's called the proprioceptive area. Uh, if you have good kind of general sense of where your body is in space, then you generally have a good proprioceptive sense and a good sense of boundaries. But a lot of people don't. They sort of walk into doors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, they, I've, I may have done that. <laughs> yeah, or they reach out, you know, to yawn and they punch someone <laughs> next to them. Like they sort of don't know where they are in space and time. And so... For me, using that physical sense of boundary was really helpful because I didn't have one when I was little. And so I had to kind of retrain myself to get a boundary going. And now it's completely second nature, but it did take a while to get boundaries going. And the emotion that helps us with boundaries is one of the most uh, hated emotions, sadly, and that's its anger. Anger sets boundaries, and so does shame, another hated emotion, especially for women. Women aren't allowed to have anger. And so, so many women grow up without boundaries because they're not able to use anger uh, appropriately. You know, either they, they sh- shut down all their anger or they explode with it, right? Neither of those mm. are ways to work with anger. Um, not very constructive, no. Yeah, that doesn't help anybody. (laughs) (laughs) I've been there. I mean, I I walk the talk, of course. Yeah. And um, anger is another emotion that I just adore. Its work is to tell us what we value and to help us set boundaries around what we value. And a lot of people just think anger is a weapon, right? So the Mm. questions I have for anger is when I feel angry, what do I value and what must be protected and restored? And a lot of people, when anger comes up, their first question is, what's a weapon and who can I hit? That is not the correct question for anger. No. (laughs) Yeah, and then panic will just jump in there to the party, and it's just going to be all kinds of fun. Panic's like, is there fighting happening? Yeah. (laughs) That's one of my three skills. Oh, I love this. I have this little cartoon thing happening in my head here. I love it. I love it. Oh, I love that. Uh, So tells us, anger tells us what we value. So when you're in that space, the questions I heard you ask, what do I value? What needs to be restored? 
Yeah, and, and protected. Whenever anger comes up, it's always about boundaries. Some kind of boundary has been crossed. And is that the same as saying my needs aren't being met? That kind of, there's there's something in there. Is that the same? But anger is specifically about boundaries. Okay. Um, when people feel angry, look for the boundary violation, and and then speak to it. Hopefully, in a loving and uh, and relational way. Right. So if someone breaks a boundary, I don't know, what are they doing? Uh, they put the toilet paper on the wrong way. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Panicking. And so that's a boundary that's been violated. Now, I can repress my anger and just steam and, like, not talk about it, and then it'll come out in some weird way later. Mm-hmm. Or I could express my boundary, uh, uh, you know, I express my anger very uh, without skill and just go yell at someone to say, how did you, I've told you this a thousand times, you know, and make everything into a big drama. Or mm-hmm. I could channel my anger by asking, What's, what do I value? And certainly I value the toilet paper being going the right way. <laughs> But I also value the soul of the person in my life who did that. Yes. And so my way of setting boundaries is going to include that value, which is, hey, sweetie, I don't know if you knew that you did this, but the toilet paper is going the wrong way. And I know it seems silly, but this is important to me. So did you mean to do it that way? Right. Yes. I tell the person what the injury was, and I give them the, the, the dignity of maybe not having meant to do it. Mm, I love that. That's compassionate and loving. And, and I talk about the, I, 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 I love this. I, and I'm going to totally plug it because I made it up myself. It's a suism. But I talk a lot about having the CCs in life, and that's compassionate curiosity, especially when you're in a panic and anxiety and you're needing to bring in some kind of skills. One of my skills or tools is to go in and ask the questions, but also to really take a deep breath and have the CCs and compassionate curiosity is one of those. So if I, and I'd love to have that conversation around that because if you get curious, there's this, for me, at least it helps me. Um, I get curious and it softens the blow a bit. I just get curious and loving and asking the question. And then with the compassion too, because that's the energy that you're putting forth, whether it's, you know, physical, emotional, you're showing up in compassion and you're genuinely and authentically being curious. Hey, did you really mean to do that? And if it is the truly a person that you genuinely care about now, there could be a different conversation. If it's somebody that you really are not that involved with, how would you, how would you have that conversation with somebody, you know, the, the polar opposites? Yes, you're in a relationship. It could be an in-law parent, and there is an emotional relationship there, or it could be somebody that you're really not that attached to. Is there a difference in language or is that just how you always show up? Did I communicate that effectively? That was a lot. I would say, say, yeah, I would always give people the benefit of the doubt. And then if they show me, you know, the way that you put toilet paper on there is stupid and I don't even (laughs) care. And then we're going to have a different conversation. Got you. Right. <laughs> but right. I'm always going to start with, <laughs> these are my needs. Did you mean not to pay attention to them? Right. Yes. Right. Effectively and, uh, communicating the needs. 
because your boundary was crossed, Mm -hmm. but loving, loving and with compassion and explaining your value. And then for the integrity aspect of the other person also, and you too, because you're, you're teaching people how to treat you right with the boundaries. And you're also being an example to them on how to communicate to you. You're giving them the skills and the tools to communicate to you. So it is beautiful. I love it. And I think a lot of people just haven't even seen anger used appropriately or, or lovingly. When anger is all about love and vulnerability, people don't understand that at all. Anger is the emotion that gives you the strength you need to be vulnerable. And a lot of people just see the strength and they go from there, right? Strength means violence. We're done. Oh. Right? But anger gives you the strength you need to be vulnerable and... When I when I talk about that sometimes in workshops, people will get angry at me. They're like, "No, you can't be vulnerable because then people will hurt you, right?" I'm like, "But I still have anger, so I'm still really strong. So if people want to hurt me, then yeah, I can go there. I can go there. I can I can defend myself, and I could even come after the person if it's necessary. But I'm gonna start first with vulnerability." And they're like, but people will, you know, people will be terrible. And like, okay, then I'm going to know who they are in the presence of vulnerability, right? Oh, I love that. Yeah, and then I can make my decisions about where they go in my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, instance, yes, either it's the kitchen table or it's the moon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that is you standing there. Oh. I just, Carla, I love this conversation. That's you standing in awareness, showing up how you truly want to be and setting that example and teaching people how to treat you, giving them also tools and practices on how to communicate with you. Again, this is with the person that's still inside the door, not the one that <laughs> we set it off. <laughs> we, we let it hit it in the bum. We, I love the analogy of, you know, I've got people that will sit on my my couch with me, my, you know, around my kitchen table. I've got people at the front door. I got people at the mailbox. I got people down at this grocery store. I got people all the way in the moon. There are, (laughs) there's, there's different, there's different. And some of those people at the moon can be family. I mean, I'm just, I'm telling, and that is okay. That is absolutely okay. All right. With that, you guys, ah, this is so juicy. Thank you. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to still keep talking to Carla and we're going to still embrace anxiety and how to access the genius of this vital emotion. This is a beautiful topic. I am so thankful for today. All right, Benny, um, guys, we'll be right back. Preceding audio was via a Skype call. Help build schools in Africa to empower the youth living in extreme poverty. Mary Finaro, founder of Omni Peace Foundation, just launched her ninth Rwanda Rocks Music School. And here's why. I started Omni Peace in 2005, and it was after watching a documentary called God Sleeps in Rwanda. Little did I know that it would end up being my own self-fulfilling prophecy. And 15 years later, I would have seven schools in Africa and two music schools in Rwanda, the Rwanda Rocks Music Schools. 
now we're building our first brick and mortar Rwanda Rocks Music School in Kigali, Rwanda. And if I've learned anything, it's that music has a profound effect on children living in extreme poverty. It gives them this incredible hope and happiness and feeling. So if you'd like to rock out with us, please go to omnipeacefoundation.org and hit the donate button. That's omnipeacefoundation.org. Hey, Sue Lundquist here with the Gratitude Cafe. All right, folks, seriously, I've got the doorway. I'm working with amazing, high-functioning clients that are doing the work and busting through old habits to now transform their lives. This means breaking their old programming, their old stories, to feeling of purpose and such a relief that now that they have the answers. Does that sound good to you? Yes, I knew it. Give me a call, 206-300-2227. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Dispenza. I wanted to take a moment and let you know about a nonprofit organization called Give to Give. The Give to Give Foundation was created by a group of people who have studied my work or have participated in my workshops around the world. And by applying the principles of mind over matter and the mind-body connection, they've created outstanding changes in their lives or in their health, and they wanted to give back. The organization is dedicated to providing the proper resources to those people in need to gain the opportunity to learn exactly how to change their body or their lives. If you want to learn more about the Give to Give Foundation, or you know someone that needs help, or you simply want to make a donation, visit givetogive.com. Those who give don't always know how to love. Those who love always know how to give. Thank you. The C2C Live Challenge is your way to sustain your mindset after transition and your soul's desire to create and sustain your life on your terms. 2020 is going to be huge, so get yourself set up right now. With this achieved, you'll have real-life practical tools and self-regulation and have the answers to self-sabotage, stop being taken advantage of, saying a respective no, and so much more. You can do all that while you're taking care of yourself and loving the whole. For more information about the C2C Live Challenge, visit suelundquist.com forward slash the letter C, the number two, the letter C, 2020, SO, number two. That's suelundquist.com forward slash C2C, 2020, SO, number two. The C2C Live Challenge. Do it for you. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. Wow. Okay, guys. We are heavy, heavy into an incredible, juicy conversation. Uh, if you've missed the top of the hour, please go back and listen to it. There was some incredible education, awareness, aha moments for me. We've got Carla McLaren. Uh, she is an author, award-winning author, in fact. And uh, we have been talking about her latest book. And she also, and her latest book is Embracing Anxiety, How to Access the Genius Inside This Vital Emotion. And I can't tell you, even these first 20, 30 minutes, I have learned so much. The, I mean, there's so many takeaways, but I want to remind the audience the difference between panic and anxiety. 
and this is based on um, Carla's work and research and, and her years and years of research and actually walking her own talk too. The, the panic, that emotion is that fight, flight, fear. It's that dread, that danger kind of feeling versus anxiety. Anxiety is your, it's like in my language, it's like your little helper helps you to get prepared. It's yes, there's energy, but that anxiety is going to help you to organize stuff. What do I need to stay on top of things? It takes inventory. So my, my, um, suggestion, my quest for all of us is to really check in. You know, I talk about hyper-awareness, you know, that's the first thing that I teach because if you're not aware, you're just not sometimes our heads in the sand or we're in fear and we don't want to hear, but going back to panic and anxiety, please have that awareness, that self-awareness. So you can self-regulate and self, you know, police yourself and look at the difference of what's going on in your body between panic and anxiety. That was super, super valuable. And then we talked about the emotions to help with boundaries. And Carla talks about anger and shame, and she gave us some questions to ask, and it was super juicy for me. So please go back, listen to that first top of the hour. Um, We talked a lot about emotions and, and panic and anxiety, and oh, it's just super good. So we're gonna keep going. I'm going to give you Carla's website and it's with a K, K A R L A McLaren. That's M C L A R E N.com. And you can go and get her book from there as well. And, and quite a bit of other things. Um, embracing anxiety is what we're talking about today. And, um, when we were online, we were talking, she's got some pretty juicy things happening behind the scenes. Carla, welcome back. Love. Thank you. Yes. Uh, You have a little online yumminess coming up soon, don't you? Mm -hmm. We have a a site called Empathy Academy where we teach online courses. And during the pandemic, all of a sudden, we have a pandemic-proof business. (laughs) Who knew? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Everybody's online now. Um, But we were there first. (laughs) Okay. Oh, no, but I was. I think my panic's coming in. No, I was. (laughs) emotions this month uh, August 3rd there's a four-week course on empathy and self-care and that one's really important at this time uh, because a lot of people are having sort of emotional overload and empathic burnout and Mm. this course helps people develop their own self-care practice that makes sense for them Um, and in a group of people who are doing the same thing so everybody's there for self-care, and it's and a, just a lovely opportunity. Like-minded, that will be your tribe. Everybody's on the same page and, and going mm-hmm. through the same thing. Yeah. So is that um, empathyacademy.com? Can you help me with dot that? Org. Empathyacademy.org. Dot org. Okay, dot org. Did you guys get that? That is empathyacademy.org. Monday is the Empathy and Self-Care online course. Highly recommend you guys going checking out. Feel into that and see if that's the right choice for you in that moment. I think it is. But, you know, I'm not you, but I'm me. <laughs> I might go do that. <laughs> okay, so we, gosh, we, I love what we covered the top of the hour. What is coming up for you? I mean, we talked about boundaries and the anger and anxiety. 
Um, I know in chapter eight, you talk about the best work with shame and anxiety. We, we dabbled a little bit with the anger and shame on boundaries. Would this mm-hmm. be a good segue to talk again about? Sure. Okay. Now, one thing I wanted to say before we <clears throat> move off of anxiety is not ang- anger. I mean, is <clears throat> anger and anxiety have a really lovely relationship if they're working well together. <laughs> anger sets boundaries. And I, I don't know about you, but I can get on an anxiety train, right? I can be like, I'm going, I'm getting the thing done, everything's, you know, and I, sure, I can do that too, and I'm the hardest working person in show business, and, you know, I can just get on a train of doing. And what I notice is I'm not setting boundaries with my anger appropriately, but I'm just doing all anxiety. And none of the emotions can or should work alone. <laughs> but with me, they do. Wow. <laughs> but That's beautiful. With anxiety. And so um, for me, being able to set boundaries with my anger and asking, what do I value? Right? If people are saying, Carla, can you do this, 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 and this? My first answer is yes. But I've learned to say, hold on, what are my values? What do I value? What's important to me? And then I pick and choose and say no to things, right? So I'm setting boundaries around what my anxiety can do or what it can't do. And this is important, especially now, as there's so much going on and so much emotional and, you know, and real political turmoil going on. I think a lot of us may be um, doing as a way to... um, to deal with the issue, like everybody's making bread all of a sudden, right? Like, well, yes. <laughs> you can go to the store. They have bread at the store. <laughs> but people are doing things, right? They and, they and their anxiety are getting things done um, as a way to work through everything that's going on. But I found myself doing too much and not resting. And so there was a really important, you know, connection with my anger that I needed to make and to check in before my anxiety said, yeah, I can do it. I'm going to get her done. (laughs) (laughs) Is to have my anxiety say, is this even a valuable thing? Like, do do I even care? And to be able to say, oh, no, I don't. I don't actually care about that. So I'm going to let somebody else do that rather than me doing everything. Oh, I love that. Thank you, Anger. That is beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) Woohoo! Hands up, cheerleaders. So anger is friend shame, and many people would want to call it guilt, Um, and that's okay. You can call it guilt. Um, I see shame and guilt as the emotions that help you set boundaries from the inside. So anger will set boundaries from the outside. If someone steps across your boundaries, you can look at them, you know, with love and say, excuse me, what? Um, But shame will set boundaries from the inside based on what your morals and values are. So if you cross over your own boundary, if one of your boundaries is, I'm going to be nice to people no matter what, and you just tear into someone, (laughs) or you're about to, your shame and guilt should come forward and say, hey, 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 this thing, cut it out. This is not one of your values, so stop it. Um, And that's uh, an example of healthy shame. Um, not healthy shame, but but a healthy 
connection with shame because you're you are living up to the values you have agreed to the problem with shame and guilt come when there are values that have been pushed onto you or that Mm. are old like for instance one example i give is one shaming messages that uh, that a person could pick up is you won't be lovable until you're perfect Mm. no one will love you till you're perfect a lot of people pick that up somewhere. It's a terrible mm-hmm. message, right? And so let's say someone comes along, some poor soul comes along to love you. And, oh, it's happening. Love is happening. And your shame, because you have that message, your shame will go on a bender. Your shame and your guilt will go um, banana crackers <laughs> because, you know, the rules are being broken. You're not perfect yet. And yet someone has the temerity to love you, right? Wow. So the work with shame and guilt is to make sure that the morals and ethics you have are ones that you agree to, right? Getting Um, very clear, yep. Yeah, because otherwise your shame and guilt don't know which is a good idea and which is a bad idea. They just know what you've agreed to. And so the work with shame and guilt is to make sure, really? No one will love me until I'm perfect? Who, who thinks that? <laughs> yes. That's, that's ridiculous. And, you know, then you make a new agreement, which is I can be loved and being perfect isn't possible. And um, I want to separate those two. That's not even workable. And then your shame and guilt will go, okay. <laughs> We're okay, thank you. That. See ya. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Those old programs, I call it the drunk monkey, the bad roommate, whatever that is inside, you know. <laughs> I love those those old values, whether, you know, it's, it was something that somebody said to you, no one will love you until you're perfect. Those, yeah. the, the old language that was pushed upon you because of their beliefs or their insecurities, their languages, their experiences. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. again, folks, this is really, really about you getting clear on who you are. Mm-hmm. And figuring out, reclaiming, right? I call it reclaiming the essence of you and getting very clear on your personal values, how you want to show up aside from all those old programs, all those, you know, values that were pushed upon you. It could have been a coach. It could have been, you know, somebody that said something that really went deep inside of you. So really have that awareness. Carla and I are both saying that and have that awareness and check in with yourself. Um, yeah, be- and another one, a big one, is media. Um, oh, my gosh. Media images that yes. are, just, you know, they're all over the place. I, I'm i on Instagram, but not really. I'm like people's, you know, Aunt Carla on Instagram, just doing <laughs> little things. And um, my word, Instagram, is a, is a shame-based. <laughs> it's like shame and, and really unhealthy amounts of envy and jealousy. It's like people are posting all these things that they own or that they want or that they are. And, and uh, you know, lots of, lots of body image stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, this is a toxic place. Mm. Um, but it's, it's all so beautiful, right? Yep. It's all so kicky and peppy. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've found people who are more real on Instagram. Um, but it's not really what Instagram's about. <laughs> <laughs> It's not about reality. Mine's juicy and yummy and positive. I promise. Yes. Yeah. Everything is perfect. Everything is perfect. No. Oh, my gosh. No. No. Um, 
I mean, I totally agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. And um, media in general, I, I, I truly, I don't watch it. I just don't. If there's something that I want to see on TV, um, it's going to be a movie that I handpick or yeah. something. I don't just sit down and unconsciously let it roll. I don't watch the news. That's just not my focus. Yeah. Um, if something's happening, I've got trusted people that I'll go to and say, hey, you know, what's going on? Is there... Or some, that person will come to me and go, hey, did you hear this? I'm like, ooh, no, I, I'll check into that. Yeah. Um, and that's very hard for some people. They're like, wait a minute, you don't want to be up to date on what's happening? I'm like, no, because a lot of it's, I can't say the word, I'll get in trouble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it, I, and I don't want my energy and frequency and my nervous system, my panic, my anxiety, my fear, or my old, I don't, I just don't want that energy. Am I going to be realistic? And if there's things that I need to look at, absolutely. But I'm not going to allow my, yeah, I'm not going to allow my fears and my little panic and all of that to take over. I just don't want yes. that energy. Yeah, there's a beautiful book by um, Gavin DeBecker, who's a security expert. It's called The Gift of Fear. And he suggests don't ever watch TV news because it's not built to give you information. It's built to jack into your emotional system. <gasps> right? Goosebumps. And I don't yeah. want anybody jacking. This is my emotional system. You get your hands yes. off it, you know. Boundary, um, baby. That's yeah. the anger. And, uh, Anger's coming in. Yeah, and there's a lot of media that the whole point is to get your eyes and keep your eyes there, right? It doesn't yep. care about you as a human being. It doesn't care about your emotional system. It just needs you for the money. I'm like, yep. nope. Not nope. making money. Follow off. the not money. Today, yeah. Satan. Not, <laughs> not, not today, Satan. <laughs> not going to stick on me at all. Thank you very much. I had this like glob look. I'm like, nope, not going to happen. Nope. Yeah, the clingers, the clingers. The, you know, I, if it's like little, um, I'm pretty um, tactile. It's like I have these images of, those little fuzz balls that, you know, somehow yeah. get connected to your, your sweater. And the, and I'm like, no, I don't want you on there. And I, and I flick them off. I'm like, no, my energy's clean. I'm not going to do that. Kind of like a duck does when they're, you know, getting the water off their wings. I'm like, nope, 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 not going to happen. Okay. Yeah, I just totally um, went a little segue. Go ahead, Carla. Yeah. I think, I think setting boundaries around what you will allow into your, you know, what you, who you're going to allow to mess around with your emotional system. Uh, and I think a lot of people don't even know they have a choice. I would, and, Well, you're so pre-programmed, right? And yeah, it, yeah. Yes. It's like turn on the TV and watch the news, watch the, you know. They go numb, the right? Went, and then it's. Yeah, I also, we don't have TV here. And if I want to watch something, I'm going to go find it and I'm going to watch it. And I'm going to, you know, pay so that there's no commercials. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was in a hotel room before this all happened, and I just turned on the TV. And I was like, oh, my word, uh, commercials are terrible. Oh, Why would anybody awful. watch these? They're awful. And um, just so much noise and lights and, you know, here's what you need and here's what you want. I'm like, no, I don't. Shut up. I don't uh -huh, need yeah. <laughs> yes. But, you what know, there's so... About? so... I know, but there's yeah. so much... I totally agree with you. And there's so much of that. And, and it's my quest, and I, you know, for people to, and what I said, it's new, new perspective, new thoughts, new ideas, and to create that environment, a completely paradigm shift mm -hmm. to completely just shift your mindset differently. 
Yeah. Yeah. If, if we can somehow have getting, that awareness. Yeah. If you're getting fed all day with a bunch mm-hmm. of other people's jibber jabber. Yep. Um, there's a wonderful book that I read when I was younger. It's called The, the Eyes of Horus by Joan Gray. Oh, yes. And I love that book. And there's a character in who says, you know, you guys are yourselves. They say, I really, you know, I, I value you because you're yourselves. So many people's psyches are like the streets after a parade, filled with all manner of things that other people have discarded. Oh. You two are yourselves. And that has stuck with me. I think I read that when I was like 12. And that, that has stuck beautiful. with me ever since. I don't want to have my psyche look like the streets after a parade. I want it to be me. Oh, that is beautiful. I don't want my psyche to look like the streets after a uh, parade either. Garbage that other people don't even know they're, you know. Yeah, it's sort of like make having a, a bouncer on the outside of my private life. Like you were talking about, you have your friends at the kitchen table. Yes. At the door, some are on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> you get that. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. Yes, I like that. I like that. Nope, my bouncer's coming up. We're not doing that. Mm-mm. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be fun. I'm going to totally have a Sueville moment and create my bouncer. Ah, oh, I love that. You guys, this has been such an incredible conversation. Carla, I really have enjoyed this. We've got maybe four or five more minutes. I want to remind the audience where they can uh, find you. They can go to Carla, and that's with a K, K-A-R-L-A. McLaren, that's M-C-L-A-R-E-N.com. And when we came back from the commercial, we talked about an online course that she has starting on Monday, and that is empathy and self-care. And, um, of course, you're going to be with people of like-minded. They're all going to be there about self-care and learning the practice of that. That website is empathyacademy.com. So empathyacademy.org. That class starts on Monday. It's an online course. Perfect timing right now. Turn off the TV and get over there. Again, it's (laughs) empathyacademy.org. Let that anxiety guide you right on over there and get you organized. Get that pen ready. Oh, I love this. Um, All right, empathyacademy.org, your website. I want to make sure everybody's got that. And, of course, get Embracing Anxiety, her latest book, Embracing Anxiety, How to Access the Genius of This Vital Emotion. Um, There's other books and um, workbooks. You've got the Dynamic Emotional uh, Integration Workbook. You've got some other things, and they can find all that on your website. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. So, again, it's Carla with a K, carlamclaren.com. All right, we got about four minutes. Is there something coming up for you, Carla, that you'd like to um, chat about and end the show with today? I just say one of the one of the aspects that I learned about emotions <clears throat> as I was coming up. When I was little, I looked around and I saw that emotions were the problem. Right? If people just didn't have emotions, then everything would be fine. And so that's where I started. <laughs> emotions are bad. <laughs> And then as I began to look more closely at emotions, I began to see that the issue is not the emotions, it's people's skills. Um. And then I began to understand what the emotions were about, what they were for. 
and I would look at angry beings. I would look at angry neighbor, angry mom, angry dad, angry dog, angry horse, and see what is happening that is bringing that emotion forward. And that's how I began to understand the anger as boundaries. And I did the same thing with all of the 17 emotions that we work with in, in my work and found that every single one of them has an extremely valuable purpose in the maintenance of, your, of yourself and your capacity to understand the world. So every emotion is valuable, every emotion has a purpose, every emotion is important, and the most important thing we can do is develop skills with our emotions because that's what's going to make us functionally intelligent. We can be intellectually intelligent all day long. (laughs) um, (laughs) Or appear that way. (laughs) Yeah, we can be spiritually intelligent all day long. We're not going to get anywhere. I've been in spiritual communities. (laughs) Believe me. Okay. There's, yep. there's emotional trouble there, and there's a <laughs> tremendous emotional trouble in intellectual communities. Um, separating from the emotions has been like the key problem of humankind. So emotions are the problem. I was right when I was three years old, but it's not the emotions themselves. It's our inability to work with them. And so something that I say <clears throat> is that emotions don't create the problems. Emotions aren't the problems. Emotions come forward to help us deal with the problems. And so our ability to understand and work with emotions is, can make the difference between suffering and thriving. Uh. Every emotion has value. Every emotion has gifts and skills. All of them are necessary. And so learning to work with them lovingly, uh, embracing them, being their pal, laughing at them, um, <laughs> Or think all of that anxiety. Let me go to sleep. You know, stop it. Um, just you know, treating them lovingly and understanding that they're always here to help. Mm, I love it. Your emotions are always here to help. There's 17 emotions, you guys. This has been a juicy hour. Deep gratitude to you, Carla. I would love to have you back. Um, let me know how I can best support you, audience. Please go to carlamclaren.com. All the other stuff is suelunquist.com. I love you guys. Until next time, each of you are a gift. Get out there and share yourself with the world. If you like the show, help more people find us by adding your review of the show on iTunes. The more reviews we get, the more people we can reach with this inspiring message on the Gratitude Cafe. Simply search for Gratitude Cafe in iTunes, hit subscribe, and add your honest review. It would help us immensely and we'll be forever grateful one of the best ways you can give back to the show with your review. Thanks for tuning in to the Gratitude Cafe. Don't forget, every week is a new show and you could submit your questions at sulonquist.com forward slash gratitude cafe. The show goes live at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time in Seattle on Seattle's Alternative Talk AM 1150. You can also call in to the show at 425-373-5527 or 888-298-5569. Find the live streaming link at sulundquist.com forward slash gratitude cafe. We'll see you next week.